Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Establish the Collection. I am Cody Main, joined as always by my co-host Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? It's good, Cody. It's good. I'm um, very, very excited for football. And uh, because of that, we're in store for a fun episode here today. I am freaking amped for today's episode. It's kind of been a long time in the making. Uh, in fact, so long in the making that I didn't even realize we're on episode 16 of Established Collection, not episode 15 of oh, Established Collection. did you say 15? I didn't even notice either. 16 it is, though. 16. So if you're listening, you're not going crazy. You have listened to 15 episodes. We are on episode 16. If you're watching live on YouTube, Gary has a underdrop, underdog draft pulled up, ready to go. We're waiting on two more people to fill this bad boy up. We've got a fun show for you today. We're going to do a best ball sports collectibles crossover here where we're going to talk through some best ball strategies, some player ADP, some player fantasy outlooks, but we're all going to tie that into sports collectibles and their card markets as well. Gary and I both come from fantasy football backgrounds. That's where this whole venture started for both of us. So I'm, I'm honestly, I'm excited for this as much as I've been excited for any show that we've done together. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I had been telling Cody recently that I, over the last couple of days, as we just filled this up, so we'll get started in about a minute or two here, but uh, I've been really grinding the best ball streets, and we came in at 1.4. I will take it. Hey, we'll I will take, take it. it with the fourth pick. So we're going to have some fun here. Uh, Cody and I are invested in this team together. If and when this team wins a million dollars, and this is the $25 entry, the million-dollar tournament for underdog, uh, we will split that money. So we're very excited about this. And um, we should say, obviously, our friends over at Underdog, we have a great partnership here with, with ETR, right? Right, Cody? Absolutely. ETR are the, the the friends that made this whole thing possible. So if you have not yet, please head to the site, purchase the draft kit. When you do, you're eligible for a free $10 if you're already a Underdog user or $35 if you're a new user. And again, it's a promotion that's available for both new and uh, new and existing users. So take advantage of it, head to the site, buy the draft kit, get all of these amazing rankings that if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see are preloaded into Gary's uh, underdog interface. Yep. These are the updated ETR rankings, which I believe we update every morning at 9am. So uh, these are, are updated from today. And looks like we are underway here. And um, yeah, well, as we we get through players, we'll talk about their hard market as well. So we'll see. Usually uh, we just had Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook go one and two. That has been standard for this season. We'll see where uh, 1.1.3 goes. And then we are up next. Yeah, this is going to be pretty hectic. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so we have 30 uh, as, seconds per pick here. So yeah, as, as Henry, Henry goes off the board. Three, what would you do here, Cody? Um, I've listened to enough Levitan and Silva that as time's already running out that I don't want Kamara. So yep. I'm, I'm going to defer to you, but I, I'm not a fan of Kamara at 104 right now, given their situation. I'm with you as well. And I actually think I, I'm going to go Kelsey here. It's a it's a pick or two before ADP, but I like having that uh, probably the most stone cold sure thing in all of fantasy sports. Um, and I don't have too much exposure to him in my draft so far. You have to take him usually between that four and seven range. I have no problem doing it there. It's an interesting pick to get started, too, on discussing card markets, right? Because yeah. a tight end, uh, not someone that we generally think of as having a no. valuable card market. If you look at Travis Kelsey, he's coming from the 2013 Topps Chrome rookie class. His PSA 10 uh, rookie card has a pop of just 152 last sold price of $225. Anything to add around our first round pick, Travis Kelsey, anything in his card market that you see coming for him this year? No, I just like him in general. Uh, he actually has a chance to be the best tight end of all time, right? Like he's he's oh, on pace yeah. to be better than Gronk. 
historically, numbers-wise. Um, and since then, we've seen Kamara, Saquon, and Zeke go. So the typical running backs that usually go in that ra- round, that range, uh, I have no problem with that at all. But um, no, I actually I have a raw Travis Kelsey rookie card sitting around somewhere. I was trying to find it. Uh, I was scooping some of those up seeing if I can at least grade them into a nine or so because I'm totally a buy on his tops Chrome rookie card. As you said, the pops aren't too high on that card. He's a generational, if not one of the best to ever do it in that position. So certainly a fan of Mr. Kelsey uh, in, in obviously in fantasy sports this year, Uh, I do believe he's 32. So, you know, there's a little bit of scare with the age model, but um, certainly probably had his best overall season last year. So no, no reason to think he's slowing down. And as you're watching on YouTube, just a cautionary reminder for any of our bearded friends out there, Gary and I uh, are both rocking a nice, what, what would you call that? A nice stubble, more than a stubble. Mm, yeah. Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey shaved his beard today. Did you see that? Oh, no, oh. I did not. Oh, baby. No, I did it's, not. It's that's, rough. It's rough. So a cautionary tale for, for all of our friends out there. Do not shave your beard. That's scary. I got to take a look at that. Um. <laughs> well, we, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of wide receivers coming off the board now. Um, yeah. Why, why don't yep. you give us a quick recap here? Yeah. So after that run of Kamara, Saquon, and Zeke um, from one, six, seven, and eight, we had Tyreek Hill go at nine. Uh, a good value for Hill, I believe, is ADP sitting around six, six or seven right now. Aaron Jones at ten. Stephon Diggs eleven. Calvin Ridley twelve. So we had a little wide receiver run. Hopkins thirteen. DK Metcalf. 14 and now we're back to a running back run here in the middle of the second round jonathan taylor nick chubb followed by austin eckler which is a great pickup for this player here all the way at 17 um his adp is being around 11.9 right now so oh, wow that is a, a quite quite the fall for him and it looks like look looks awesomo is up right now who's in our draft hey so, shout out to awesomo uh who just went with justin jefferson so we are two picks away from our second round pick we should start thinking about this um i do think it's important with one of these next two picks to get one of these top running backs here because there is a tier drop off after uh, i would say these next four to five names which are joe mixon antonio gibson Najee harris and clyde edwards alaire this is a good point a good good time for me to stop you and ask you your general draft strategy uh we haven't talked about this a whole lot off air are you a, an anchor rb guy we can throw out all the rb acronyms are you a zero rb hero rb modified zero rb robust rb what's what's your general draft strategy uh normally i am an anchor rb at least one so i want to yeah. make sure i usually come away with like a top 12 if i don't get one in the first round and then i'm pretty good waiting for a while um so not right, quite up. zero rb but yeah so uh do you have a preference between these top guys here, Mixon, Harris, Ceh? Um, Gibson probably would have been my pick there. He yeah, went two picks before us. Darren Waller's off the board. Um, man, we're running out of time. It's probably Najee for me. I'm leading Najee him. here. Yep, I think he's the most sure thing workhorse. He might lead the league in carries. We got a little bit of a value on ADP. He, uh, we got him at 21. He's he's around 19.8. Uh, and you know the the Mixon scare is the offensive line and the health. Ceh uh, is just role in you know what we saw last year. We don't know if um, he's going to be the every down back. They looks like Jarek McKinnon might be eating into his look work a little bit. They Daryl Williams look good in the playoffs so uh to me Najee Harris was the pick there I'm excited about his upside for for Pittsburgh this year yeah and and by all indications based off the preseason usage that we saw in the first game I think he played on every single snap that the starters were in I think we're going to see that true three down plus goal line back roll from him and that's going to be great Uh, what do you think for his card market coming out uh 2021 products as we're again on the clock here this (laughs) this is moving a lot faster than i expected it's 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 Uh, moving fast that's okay we're gonna have to take our one our first receiver here um i'm definitely looking at one of these chap two guys either alan robinson or amari cooper i do think they are in a little bit of a tier of their own here do you have a preference for a best ball uh 
type of format for one yeah, of those. We should, we should talk about this because I'm in on DAC. Do you want to go Amari here and try and set up a DAC stack if possible? Certainly. Let's do it. All right, let's do that. All right, let's let's talk about DAC quick. We'll we'll put Najee to the side here. The DAC has the the kind of the bum shoulder, right? He's starting to slowly return to practice. I think he's been limited. Uh, Amari comes off pup as expected. He's going to be ready for week one. It seems like it seems like all wheels up for the Cowboys offense. We've seen CeeDee Lamb look insane in, in training camp practices, or at least I have grinding practice reports. Um, what are your thoughts on the Cowboys offense as a whole and thoughts on Dak's card market? Yeah, so, you know, the injury stuff is a little scary with the shoulder right now. And just, you know, it's, it seems all very just just vague. And the, the reports coming out that we're giving him another MRI, but he's fine. Um, ultimately, I think he'll be okay. And, you know, as much as I wish I wasn't as a Giants fan, I'm pretty bullish on that offense like most of the other fantasy community is. So I do think Dak is still probably a buy at this point while there's some uncertainty around his return of an injury while you know we're, we're still thinking he's probably a favorite for comeback player of the year there's a lot to like about him about obviously cd lamb who's going crazy early these days where'd he go today he went um all the way at he went to pick 24 overall oh, so wow. you know so, yeah, he's so going we're... significantly before amari in, in, in nearly every draft so i i've picked up a few dak uh base rookie cards he's out of that 2016 class which as we've talked about is that class where the base cards are the the silver prisms right yeah. um his market's currently sitting at around 750 775 dollars he's got a pop count of about 1100 on his uh psa 10 rookie card what i mean what what does he have to do to take the next step to to reach that upper echelon does he need to have an mvp type season does he need to be the qb1 in fantasy does does he need to take the the cowboys on a deep playoff run or is it something less than that I think he it, it might just be him coming back and looking like he did before he got hurt last year. I think if he just yeah. does that and the Cowboys are a much better team and one of the top five offenses in the league, like a lot of people think, I think he plays in the biggest, you know, plays in America's team. He has a lot of cachet uh, from, from around the league. I think fans love him. I think he's got a lot of swag uh, and he's just a very marketable guy for the most popular franchise in the league that I think for his market to be elevated back up it just needs to he just needs to prove that he can come back strong like he did before last year cowboys compete and i think we'll see that market get right back and now again he was on pace to set passing yard records last year so right. that's a you know it's a, it is reaching a very high floor that we're asking of him for sure now we see patrick mahomes go at was that pick 310 um yeah, so he's um we're, we're right right starting. at his adp okay any, yep. any thoughts? It's tough to add anything to the Patrick Mahomes card market, but any thoughts on Patty Mahomes going into this season? Anything that the Chiefs have done during the offseason or anything you expect out of him going into, what is it, year four, five now um, for Patrick I'm, Mahomes? I'm expecting him to compete for an MVP, for the Chiefs compete for a Super Bowl again. They they shored up their offensive line. They made that the top priority right after they they got, obviously he got crushed in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, pretty much running it back, right? Uh, they lost Sammy Watkins, but... You know, other than that, the the, the team looks the same. I, I would expect him to be Patrick Mahomes and for his market to stay strong and be as safe in, as an investment as you have in football that isn't named Tom Brady. All right, we're coming for up sure. here on the clock shortly. Yep. Uh, uh, let me, four me, nine. We're, we we're, what are we What up. are we looking at? We are we. I so we're we're coming in at pick forty five overall. Um, I would normally probably look, and we obviously have our tight end. Uh, I, I would start to look at a Josh Allen in this range. Uh, I'd certainly think that he's worthy of discussion here. But given that we went tight end first, I probably want to get another receiver here. Uh, is I'm is what you. I'm looking at. Especially, I feel like we have a rock solid anchor with Najee. Uh, so there's a lot of good options. I do think we have a little bit of a tier here um, with Julio, Jamart, and the two Bengals guys, Chase and Higgins. And then we have uh, Deontay. I'm a fan of with Thielen 
Jalen and Judy sitting around there. Uh, I, I would be looking at one of those guys, either Julio or the two Bengals guys. What, what say you? Yeah, I think I'm with you uh, on Julio. I think it sets us up for a later round stack too with Ryan Tannehill. If if for some reason we we miss on Dak, yeah, I guess Julio, that's a good, Julio, Julio just, just went goes. off the board, okay. so we're we're looking there. And then Chase Claypool went really early, oh, wow. um, which is fine with me. I also like Deontay here. I think he's super safe, but we do have exposure to that Steelers offense already. Um, um, uh, this is a good point because we can just talk AFC North here as we're on the clock now. Jamar yep. Chase is available. T. Higgins is available. Yep. Um, Deontay is available. I think my preference would be to chase the upside with J- Jamar Chase. I'm with um, you. And we, like and that brings up a good discussion. We can talk about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, and Let's do your it. thoughts on them. Uh, yeah, we can chase know, right around ADP. Yep. All right. So we got Jamar Chase. So we, we start now uh, Travis Kelsey at the 104 and bring it back with Najee. We got our two quarter or two wide receivers, Mari Cooper and Jamar Chase, as we hopefully round out a couple stacks here. We're going to be on the uh, on the clock shortly as we wrap around here in the fifth round. But I want to get your thoughts on on Joe Burrow? I know when we talked about our buy segment a couple episodes ago, you were in on Joe Burrow. Um, what do you think? Where, where are you at? Not only from a fantasy perspective, anything that's changed as the offseason has progressed on on where you're at with Joe, Joe Burrow in this offense. Uh, no, no, I mean, you, you just have to try not to get read too much into training camp reports, right? It, yeah, apparently yeah. It's, he's coming along a little slow. He's, he's being, he's admitting that it's, he's, uh, taking a while for him to get his feet back on from under him. So, you know, that scares you a little bit, but I, I don't think, um, I'm, I'm too scared about it. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm more, I'm concerned about the offensive line. That's not going to change, but I do think if he can get on the field, uh, ultimately sooner than later into the regular season, we'll see Joe Burrow with his dynamic weapons, put up numbers. Uh, and, Oh, we are back on the clock there. In my mind, I was leaning Deontay Johnson with this next pick who just went. Uh, I do like to go receiver again, usually here. Um, but you know, it's, you certainly can make an argument for someone like, um, you know, Miles Sanders is a top running back available with a big tier drop off after that. What, uh, do you, do you have a preference here as we have 10 seconds? Yeah. Are we thinking Dak comes back possibly? Uh, so, yeah. I'm with Judy. I'm, I'm on Jerry Judy because we can talk about Drew Locke at the end of the draft, maybe. Uh, I like it. I, I like I like Judy. I don't have too much exposure to Judy. So okay. what what we're building here, and we just took Jerry Judy there with the 52nd pick, is a um, high variance team. So it, I yeah, think this definitely. team has a lot of ceil- a really high ceiling. Uh, also, probably has a pretty low floor. We have. Um, you know, two anchors, I think, that we, if they are healthy, we know what we're getting out of Amari Cooper and Travis Kelsey, probably two of the safest anchors at their respective positions, which is great. But the rest of our team is we have two rookies, uh, probably the two most exciting skill position rookies on the season in Najee and, and Jamar. And then Judy, who everyone's predicting, you know, a, a second year breakout for and a lot of the advanced stats liked a lot of his stuff from last year as well. So I, I certainly am behind all of our picks. And if everything hits, I think this team has a, a you know, a very solid core. Yeah, and if you check out a lot of the information on the site, you'll see, uh, I think Jack Miller's done some good stuff on this too. Jack Miller uh, writes for Establish the Run and and is a good follow on Twitter as well. Some of this second-year breakout stuff as well as uh, rookies performing as we round into the fantasy playoffs, right? That's that's yep. kind of a big thing that we're kind of setting up here. We've got a young team with Najee and uh, Judy, second year, Jamar Chase, rookie. So if things click for that Bengals offense, we can maybe stack that thing up. Um, I'm with you. I, I, I'm worried from his short and long-term perspective if they don't build an offensive line around him if he's just going to continue to get pounded year in and year out but zach taylor's offense is fast paced it's pass pass first it's it's going to be friendly for numbers i think this is a a good opportunity for us 
both in the card market and in fantasy to uh, take advantage early. What are yep. your thoughts are we've we've we haven't touched a whole lot on wide receiver here, but what are your thoughts on uh, Jamar Chase's card market when products release in 2021? Because we know we saw it with Justin Jefferson last year. We're starting to see it with CeeDee Lamb as he's uh, turning in an insane practice reports. What are your thoughts on what Jamar Chase's market's going to look like when, when Prism comes out? Yeah, I think if he's as good as advertised, he has as high of a ceiling as some of these recent rookies that we've seen. You know, Justin Jefferson obviously is the prime example of that from last year who has a very strong hobby uh, impact. But, you know, Chase... Um, you know, the only thing going for him, he hasn't really played in a year. So, you know, you might be if he if he starts off slow, which is certainly a possibility, you might have a little bit of a buying opportunity right when those first products start to come out, which is something that I would be very interested in because I think everyone believes in the talent long term. Uh, I do think ultimately once he reaches his ceiling, which I think could probably be like, you know, what, like super high, crazy, you know, a 90 catch, 1300 yard type of guy. Um, you yeah, know, just- I, I think he's got a, a really high ceiling from a card perspective. Well, look look no further than at LSU with Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson exactly. went uh, 111 receptions, 1,500 yards, 18 touchdowns. In that same season, Jamar Chase went for eight, almost 1,800 yards, 20 touchdowns. Yep. So, yep. right, we, we know that that ceiling is there. Hopefully the connection, he can rekindle that with, with Burrow. Obviously taking a year off of football didn't do him any favors. It sounds like he's been uh, slow to acclimate a little bit of camp, but uh, I'm not going to let that type of stuff worry me. No. No, so. not at all. So let's let's uh, we're 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 flying here, which is good. We are, um, and we'll have plenty. I think with the place we're going, we'll have some time to talk after the draft a little bit, a little about some uh, hobby news. But um, you know, I think here we're at a position where I, I think we both have our eye on Dak probably because our his ADP is right around this yeah. time, um, and we do want to stack him up with Cooper if possible. So are we on board with grabbing him at at sixty nine here? Yeah, definitely. Um, if he's if he's available, then I think we go there, and then we figure out what to do on the uh, when we wrap around here in uh, round seven. I agree. My my eyes would be on on uh, ETR favorite Trey Sermon, and uh, Aaron Rodgers just went. So let's grab our Beautiful. guy Dak. This is also going to be my first exposure to Dak. It might be hey, my Giants bias, but um, I'm happy to have have a share of Dak for sure. So we we did that. We were able to stack up our guy with Dak and and Cooper. And what I feel good about here is we now have all positions covered. We could feel good about kind of just sitting back on quarterback and tight end for a while and really yeah. kind of hammer down those skill position guys. So when you start this way, we're theoretically, we've got a top tier quarterback. Uh, we're, we're setting up a top tier stack and we've obviously got the best tight end in the game. Are you going two quarterbacks, two tight ends, almost no matter what? Or are you waiting till you see how that second quarterback, second tight end shakes out if you, if you decide to go for a third? With Kelsey... 90% chance I'll go to tight end yeah. uh, unless somehow some weird ADP, somebody falls really late in like that 17th, 18th round. And we feel good about our um, depth at the other positions. Um, Dak, I'm going to, Oh, Trey Sermon just went. That's okay. okay. Uh, Dak, I'm going to take a wait and see approach. I think we see there for quarterback. Uh, I, it really all depends on ADP there as well for me. If there's a value that pops up in that 12th, 13th, 14th round range of kind of somebody that's worthy of taking as a third quarterback, maybe we look into it, but yeah, in all likelihood, it'll be a two quarterback, two tight end team. All right, what are you, th- what are you thinking here positionally? Are you thinking uh, Kareem Hunt's on the board of, for for running back? We've got uh, – I'm not in on Miles Gaskin. I don't know if you watched preseason week one. Um, he, yeah, was, he was definitely Hunt, outplayed by Malcolm Brown. Hunt was just scooped up. So I actually okay, think so what we're going to end up doing here, uh, if, you, if you agree with me, because I'm with you not being on, on Gaskin. That's too scary of a backfield situation for me. Um, I'd rather wait till we come back around, I think, yes. on running back again here. And maybe we maybe we nab two on the next come at 1.4. Uh, I think we just keep hammering receiver here uh, personally. 
What do you yeah, think? Who, who, who do you have your eye on right now? You said you're on Deontay. Are you on the Pittsburgh passing attack as a whole? Or was it just a Deontay thing? Or I, you... I, it was more of a Deontay thing. Personally, I just love that guy's upside the targets. And, um, you know, clearly he's he's a Ben favorite. Um, you know, Mike Williams is a guy that I don't have too much of. We're about a pick after his ADP. And if we're just going to stick to that high ceiling type of team, um, that's somebody that I would look at here for sure. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's Let's snag Mike Williams here. All right, so we got some Mike Williams action there, and then and I, I, yeah, go ahead. You're you're in on Josh Palmer. Josh Palmer's a rookie coming out. Uh, what, what round was he drafted? And was he a third round? Was he later? Fifth, I round? think. Fifth round. Okay, so fifth round rookie Josh Palmer. Um, oh, sorry. On I'm him. Doing this. Mike, I'm doing this. Oh, you're right. Third. I'm sorry. You were right. Third round okay. pick from Tennessee, seventy seventh overall. That's what it was. Yeah. Mike Williams is a free agent. What What does this receiving situation tell you with Keenan Allen, with Mike Williams, with with Josh Palmer, who has apparently been lighting up in camp? You can talk more about him. Does this uh, set up well for Justin Herbert and his long term outlook and his outlook for this year? Or does it does, doesn't make a difference for you now? Oh, yeah, I'm all the way in on the Chargers offense, I think, for Beautiful. sure. You know, them sharing up with them, sh- sharing up the offensive line. Uh, I, if they can keep Austin Eckler healthy for the year, who I'm, I'm really high on this year once again. And. You know, I I tweeted yesterday uh, off of Levitan Suite how much I like Josh Palmer. I think we're both in on Josh Palmer. And the problem with Mike Williams, who we just drafted, is he has a very, very hefty injury history. Mm-hmm. However, we did see him have a, a pretty strong connection with Herbert towards the end of the season when he stayed on the field. So uh, I like having Williams on this team. And I think Palmer would be a kind of actually just be a very nice handcuff to Mike Williams. Uh, you know, handcuffing receivers, you could take it or leave it. But in this particular instance where he's our fourth receiver and Josh Palmer's already said to have won that third receiver role. That's somebody that I'd be looking to target at the end of this draft for sure. Yeah. And we've, we've talked at length about, uh, you know, prism products for the, the ultra modern stuff, right? 2019, 2020 and, and coming up in 2021, I'm sure is going to be wild as well. But if you look at, uh, if you look at Justin Herbert's, basically his, his outlook, just using his Panini prism PSA 10, we're, we've been pretty stagnant. We, we've seen a wild, pretty wild drop off recently in the last couple of months, but we've been pre- pretty stra- stagnant recently. Um, you mentioned the offensive line, Brandon Thorne, who is probably the best offensive line guru uh, ever that, that I can think of. He he writes for Establish the Run yeah, as offensive he's, line. He's the best. Yeah, he he knows his offensive and defensive lines in and out. And if you're playing fantasy football, you definitely need to know your offensive lines. So I just read Brandon. He's got the Chargers with the ninth best unit heading into the season. So uh, I think PFF had them as graded as the 32nd unit, the, the dead last in the league last year. So yep. a, a massive upgrade on the offensive line for Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Definitely in on this offense, definitely in on his cards, if and when I can get my hands on them. Me too. Uh, but yeah, he, I, I love the outlook for him this year. Yep, I'm I'm all in on all the the Chargers offensive, the main skill position guys, and Herbert. Obviously, Herbert, you're coming in at a very high price point to buy into that kind of stuff. Um, if you have it, you have a decision to make. If he comes out strong, uh, who just went by the way at 84th overall, Justin Herbert did. Um, if he comes out strong, you know you'll have a decision to make because like I do think that market will just keep heating up. If the Chargers are winning games and Justin Herbert looks like he did last year, you might want to look into selling off some of that stuff. It's you're gonna we're gonna be you know his his market's already so hot, and if he meets expectations, you know you might see some some pretty high um, peaks for for Justin Herbert as we're about to come back around here. Yeah, definitely. And just Jalen Hurts just goes off the board as well. I think yep. there's a discussion as, to be had for his market too. As did Tom Brady. And we are on the board here. I do think we needed to get a running back here. Um, I like AJ Dillon. I think we all like AJ Dillon here at ETR. I think he's got some standalone value. I think um, 
you know, he's, he's a talented back and certainly if Aaron Jones ever goes down. So he's somebody that uh, I would look to, to invest in here. You, you have a problem with that? Yep. As time is running out, let's, let's draft AJ Dillon here. All right. I like that a lot. Uh, right around his ADP. We picked him about two picks earlier than his current ADP. Um, you know, memory again, serves. AJ yeah. Dillon is is big into the cardboard himself. I think he's yes. collecting his own cardboard. If I'm which, not, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> which you like, which you like to see. Bet um, on yourself, kids. Bet on yourself. And you know, it's it's so hard for for first of all any work any running back to be a true workhorse these days. We've seen, you know, we saw what Jamal Williams was able to do last year in that number two and pass catching role. Uh, and I think AJ Dillon, who is a more talented overall back, probably especially in between the tackles will have some real opportunity to get some regular carries, you know, on any game. And we'll see what happens with Aaron Jones staying healthy for a full 17 game season. Um, but uh, we are going to come back around here. Um, any, any running backs here you like, or, or do you want to keep kind of just hammering away at some flyers a little bit later on? I, I think theoretically I would like to hammer another running back here, but I think we can find values later on in the draft that I'd be more comfortable with. Um, yeah. A, a couple guys on the bottom of the board as we're looking at that stand out. I, I'm not in on Melvin Gordon. He's at the top of the board now. Not in on Ronald Jones. Really could care less for the Buffalo backfield. Yep. Um, yeah, in the 10th round, I think we we look back at wide receiver uh, and, and see what's available for us there. Yeah, so, you know, we can I, – I, I don't know if we want to try to maybe get someone who is is in more secure of a role, like some of Jarvis Landry just went off the board. Um, I think Will Fuller is is somebody that kind of fits into the theme of our team as far as yeah, super, right. super high upside uh, and an offense that should be pretty dynamic. And, you know, talk about an ADP drop. His ADP has been falling, I believe, but still around 87, and we're at pick 100 here. So if you want to talk value, that's a guy. Yeah, why don't we scoop – Scoop Fuller, because as much as this is about building a winning team, I, I'm happy to embrace the variance. God, we've got four guys, five guys uh, in our wide receiver with Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, Jerry Judy, Mike Williams, and Will Fuller, who just scream uh, upside and variance um, and injuries and PEDs and, and all if, of the above. <laughs> if, <laughs> I do want to have a discussion here before we, yeah. we get back on the clock, because this thing is moving rapid at rapid pace. What are your thoughts on Tua from a collectibles perspective? I've been very vocal about my love for Tua. Uh, I think there's a lot of reasons you can excuse away the the poor 2020 performance. He was obviously still working his way back from the hip injury. You know, he lost lost the whole offseason due to COVID. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick looking over his shoulder. Uh, I was reading Silva's team reports. Even had a thumb injury that I completely forgot about yeah. last year that that sidelined him for a season. Let's be honest. His setup last year was was basically as bad as it could get. Now they add Will Fuller, who we just drafted. They add Jalen Waddle in the draft, reuniting him, uh, Alabama teammates. They somewhat shore up the offensive line with a second round pick in Liam Eikenberg. Ryan Fitzpatrick's out of town. Things are, are are pointing up for Tua. Where where are you at with Tua's card market, and what's Tua going to have to do to either a win you over or or b improve on where he's at right now? Yeah, I mean, I think there's still plenty of room to grow. And I think there's been a lot of people like you that have used the offseason as an opportunity to try to buy low with Tua. Uh, I just don't know. Like, I think he's still a good buy just as far as, you know, if he does hit in the second year with a much better setup, as you just mentioned, he will have the opportunity for his card market to go, you know, 2x probably what it's sitting at right now. Um, but 2, 3x maybe. But um, I just don't know. I mean, there were still a lot of red flags last year with the with the play on the field. Uh, but, you know, you look back to his time at Alabama and he was being talked at as one of these generational type quarterbacks that I think he's a worthy gamble like anything else in life. Like, I, I think um, if you're, you know, the investing cards is a gamble and you want to do it for prime uh, prime guys that were big um, names coming out. And 
prime positions, which is quarterback. So uh, I like it as a, as a potential investment. Um, I have not done as much buying as you on the two upside, but I have, I have done a little bit this off season and I'm excited to see uh, that pay off for you. Cause I, I really hope it does. All right. We're seeing a, a little bit of a running back run here. If I'm not mistaken, a few tight ends going off the board as well. Yep. What are, what are we looking at when we wrap around here? We've got James yep. Conner, Latavius Murray, Gus Edwards, uh, Devlin Singletary at the top of our running back board right now. So Any I think we need to grab. To I think we should grab a couple running backs coming up here because okay. I think we have uh, uh, we have some solid receivers. We, we're pretty set on quarterback and tight end. We'll be able to get a second quarterback that will be solid later on. Um, Gus Edwards was a guy I was just looking at who just was scooped up. Um, so I'm yeah. looking at our running backs and and kind of the archetype of the the team that we're building. We've got our anchor with Najee. The the bet that we've made with him in the second round is we're just betting on him being a being healthy all season, being a workhorse. Uh, being able to handle basically three downs plus goal line work and and pass catching. We didn't draft another running back until what round nine in mm-hmm. AJ Dillon. So he's kind of that back that's got a little bit of standalone value, but would really benefit obviously with an injury. Do we go there again with someone like Latavius Murray, um, who has a little bit of standalone value himself, would benefit from an injury obviously with Kamara if Kamara goes down, or do we look do we look like Naheem Hines, who's got the pass catching role? Yeah, what are you so looking at here? I think when you're just looking for as far as ADP, I think with Connor and Edwards both going off the board, who are the two guys that I would have been interested in, mm-hmm. um, I think I maybe adjust strategy a little bit. We take one running back, one receiver here. I think I'm with you on Latavius. Um, you know, I think he's a somebody that we've seen have plenty of standalone value. Uh, we took him a little early on ADP, but it's kind of where we are positioned in the draft where we need to snag these running backs with a lot of other people only having two on the roster. Yeah. So, you know, again, I think we'll be able to get some guys like uh, a Hines, a Singletary, a Drake, those type of guys uh, that we know have very set roles. Philip Lindsay, somebody that I'm looking at in that regard. I don't like that Texans team, but I think he's certainly their number one back. So, um, that those are, I think, you know, in our next couple of running backs, we should look at guys that we know will be on the field in their secure roles because Naheem Hines, for example, last season was in the perfect DraftKings million, you know, perfect lineup twice. Like he's guys, he's the kind of guy that can win you a week. So he's somebody that maybe we should be looking at, but I think we can uh, probably, probably wait on, on uh, someone like him. We get two young quarterbacks off the board there in round at the end of round 10, start around 11 here with Joe Burrow going at 10, 12 and Trevor Lawrence at 11, one. We've talked a little bit about Lawrence as we're about on the clock here. Yep. Um, Lawrence is going to be more expensive. Would you say you're going to have better luck buying on the secondary market, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence next year? Oh, that's hard. Um, Lawrence until he shows that he's even in the same arena as Herbert. Um, you think Lawrence will be easier to buy? Yes, I do. Wow. Um, so ADP would tell us to take a quarterback here. Uh, what, what do you think on that? We talked about it with, uh, well, yeah, uh, we just lost out on Burrow, didn't we? Um, yeah. Oof. But there's there's Fields, which is exciting, and then Tannehill, who's got plenty of upside as well. Yeah. Are, are you focused on stacking here? We better we better get going. I'll let you go go for it. I'm just taking the ADP pick here. All right, um, all right. Ryan Tannehill, to, to pair someone with Dak, and now I, I don't think we have to think about quarterback again, by the way. They have different bye weeks, which I don't look at anyway, but um, you know we should be set there. To pair someone with Dak, uh, who has still certainly has a little bit of risk going into this year with both the shoulder and coming off the ACL, um, you know, to to pair him with a very secure quarterback and Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill, who also adds value with his run with his legs, who also has maybe one of the best supporting casts in the league this year, uh, at a you know 15 value ADP pick value, I just think it was it was worth the shot. We don't have to think about quarterback again. Um, I wasn't loving any of the value in the other positions in that spot. 
What about Ryan Tannehill from a collectibles perspective? He's I'm a buy. You're a buy. Okay, yeah. good. I love to hear that because I think he's a name that just com- completely gets forgotten. I legitimately think now he, he's probably a long shot given what would need to happen for him and his team, but he's 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 probably a legitimate MVP contender. No, a long shot at at, at best, but um, he's got that type of upside, I believe, with the supporting cast. I think that team can can definitely win the AFC South with everything yep. that's gone on with the Colts, especially. Uh, they can make a deep playoff run. I would not be shocked. This stuff's pretty cheap right now, man, and it's and it's super low low, low totally. pop reports. So, tell me tell me what you would be interested in buying with Ryan. I Tannehill. did um I did a little bit of buying on both Tannehill and Stafford right at, towards the beginning of the offseason. Um, both guys who um. Maybe you should look up card ladder so we don't yeah, have to get ahead, off keep, the, the keep thing. It up. But um, both both guys who uh, are I, I love their situation. I was buying Tannehill before the Julio news, but brilliant. I mean Tannehill, listen, I was a little scared of Tannehill going into last year, thinking that two seasons ago was a one-year wonder type of renaissance. But he impressed me week in, week out again last year. I just think that Vrabel's got a great coaching staff. I think that Tennessee organization is incredibly stable. I think we I'd be shocked to not see them in the playoffs once again this year. And he is play, he he doesn't make mistakes like he used to in Miami. And he's a really dynamic player. And I mean, to me, he passes the eye test also. And I still think there's just a little bit of a stigma to his name from being Ryan Tannehill as far as kind of maybe this what people thought was this first round bust for a couple of years after Miami. But to me, he's still undervalued. So, um, yeah, I mean, just some of his regular Topps Chrome stuff, some of his Topps Chrome refractor stuff. Uh, I, I'm interested in all of that. Yeah, I, I love Tannehill. And, and maybe this will be a theme. Maybe we'll, we'll get to the latter part of the draft and we'll be able to talk about this guy or maybe even when the draft's over if he if he doesn't get drafted. Um, but anyone that's coming out of Adam Gase's Adam Gase's grips is someone that I think we should definitely ignore what happened while he was while he was underneath those grips of Adam Gase. And we saw how bad Tannehill was with him. And we've seen how good he's been without him. Right. Uh, and he's got a great supporting cast. Like you said, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry. I mean, it, it couldn't get much better as far as the setup goes for him and add in the division that he's in. I think you, you've got to be pretty happy with where he's at. You mentioned Matt Stafford, too, as we're about on the clock in round 12. Yeah, Matt Stafford is definitely a, uh, a little bit more valued than him, but yeah, his stuff, sure. again, is extremely low pop count. And, and talk yeah. about a guy that's got MVP upside and has got Super Bowl winning upside. That roster is set up for him to compete for a Super Bowl. So and, and yeah, he's I, love, be I love these buys. Yeah, Stafford yeah, will make exactly right. So and and you know I think he, and we are it's we're possible that we're about to see his best days in a McVay offense from at least from a statistical standpoint. So there's a lot to like there. Um, I'm I'm a fan. I'm just a fan of investing in quarterbacks long term, man. If these guys are making Hall of Fame runs, if they're making MVP pushes, if they're making, if there's any chance a team can make a, you know, once you add that ring on their finger, it changes their whole legacy. So quarterbacks is I, maybe I'm old school with my football investing. I, I don't do too much on the skill position side mm-hmm. as we're on the clock here. Um, but quarterbacks to me are the way to go. And we keep getting sniped because Kenyon Drake was the guy I had my eyes on, somebody that I think could eat into that role in, in Vegas there. But uh, the, the I, way this I, team's set up, and I think yep. we got, we have two backs that have standalone value. We've got a back that's. Got Got standalone value right in Najee we've got two backs that have a little bit of standalone value and uh definite handcuff upside if you will if if their teammates go down I love Naheem Hines here who's gonna have the pass catching role it just kind of fits I, the build of the team I so. completely agree uh it's right around his ADP right and so what we just did with the Hines is I think there's also a little bit of a misconception if this was regular season long fantasy right yeah I would not have that much interest in Naheem Hines at all. Okay. There I good luck picking the week that Naheem Hines is going to have his three touchdowns. Yeah, right? right. Okay. Or 10 catch, 10 catch games. Cause there will be those weeks. And I get Jonathan Taylor is a great back. 
Um, but there will be those weeks because he's he's a he's a good pass catching third down back. Now, good luck figuring those out as from a season long player. I'm never starting him those right in those correct weeks. But that's the beauty of a best ball format is you know he's somebody that literally won people millions of dollars last year in DFS. He's the kind of guy that I'm okay investing in in around like the 12th, 13th round here, especially on a team where we have kind of more high variance in the running back position. So I'm with you there. Um, I haven't and- been paying attention to tight end, and the, uh, the guy that I'm interested in, I, I think, will probably be off the board. Um, no chance that we would get Blake Jarwin, right? He's he's already no, gone. He's, no, no, no. He uh, he, oh, is he's, he going he's that late? late. Yeah, oh, we God. we'll be able to grab Jarwin a little bit later if he's if we're okay, looking for okay. him as our time, which we should with, with with Dak. Absolutely, we should look there. Um, anyone here? I'm happy going running back or receiver right now. Uh, any anybody that you have your eye on? We got 25 seconds. Oh boy, it gets thin. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on Jalen Rager. He's he's been making some noise lately in camp. Another potential second year breakout guy. Uh, God, who knows? Devonta Smith has had injuries already in camp. Slight build guy. It's sure. possible that we're looking at Jalen Rager wide receiver one for the Eagles. I like it. I like it. Let's do it. Let's go. Uh, it, it fits in the theme. Second year yeah. breakout, high upside. Why not? Uh, and and did you see the catch today? Uh, I did not. No. Oh my God. Oh. It's one of the, it's one of the, uh, I, I have a tendency to, to be hyperbolic with these things, but it's one of the best catches I've ever seen. Oh, really? Uh, it was really good. Yeah. Pull it up when you get a chance. Maybe, maybe you can pull it up on stream. We'll probably miss yeah, a pick, I could do but, it. uh, we won't miss a pick. Uh, I think Jaylen, the Eagles official. Yeah. You'll probably just Jalen Rager catch. That's gotta be up there. Look, CBS sports as my blocker is gonna, I knew that was going to happen. Um, Let's see if I can do this. Oh, it's real. This is real grainy. Oh, he he did like the Odell Beckham. Um, yeah, he did like the Beckham in in warm ups type catch. The old One school catch. Oh man, yeah, that's Whew. that's crazy. Um, I'll take that on my roster. Absolutely, because we know that translates to fantasy points. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, so I'm with you there. He, he, he fits, thin, he fits right? the team. He fits the team. I, yeah. you know, in in that spot, I was hoping that a Jacoby Myers would have been there. I think his ADP is sitting around 142. I'm I'm sure. really high on him. Um, I like Brian Edwards or somebody else that I would have been cool with, but he's kind of right in the same type of uh, high upside type type player here. We're in this so. we're in this range of a lot of 2019, 2020 um, wide receivers, right? That yep. maybe un- underperformed a little bit uh, last year, but have a chance to break out this year. I'm I'm really excited about a lot of these guys. Yep. I'll tell you right now, my hope for one of my next picks is Philip Lindsay. Cause I think as far as just an anchor in the same way that we just took Naheem Hines, I think he's the most secure running back left that we know we'll have between the tackles first and second down work. And he's ran for a thousand yards in two of his first three NFL seasons. He's a very good running back. I get the Texans stink, but um, at this point in the draft in the 14th round, if he makes it to us in 11 picks, he's someone that I would really like. And then I think I'd feel okay about our running backs at that point. Yeah, and it and it seemed like he was he was kind of the starting running back, right, in preseason think, week one. From I think he's from definitely Levit- gonna gonna be their number one. Yeah, yeah. So so from Levitan, Mark Mark Ingram didn't play, um, but Tyrod Taylor played ten snaps. Philip Lindsay started, played eight snaps, uh, and to David Johnson's two. So I think that's a good look for us. Yeah, definitely first, second down back. Maybe he seeds some passing work to David Johnson, but yep. we know the offense is gonna be terrible, right? But exactly. 
what more can you ask for this late in the draft as we're trying to round out these these running backs it's, here? It's interesting. It seems like we have a we have an interesting group of people in this draft. Like Roethlisberger just <laughs> went at 157. I've seen uh, Daniel Jones, which is ticked by Osimo, interesting, interestingly enough, went at 150. But uh, smart you, guy, seen, Osimo. Smart, yeah. noted, noted super sharp guy, Osimo, I've, taking I've heard, Daniel I've Jones. Heard, I've heard, well, I've heard he's good at fantasy sports, Osimo. <laughs> uh, and I've also heard that Daniel Jones is both of our guy. So, uh, oh, man, you got to be excited about it. Let's take a look, oh, look, at, look at his team. I like those quarterbacks for Osmo. Osmo's got, uh, got Kyler Hurts and Daniel Jones. It's an interesting strategy. He went three yeah. guys that all have very high upside. Very uh, high upside, young guys. Yeah, a lot of lot of rushing upside with that team, even with Daniel Jones. Yeah, very yeah. This excited. is a nice team. He's he hasn't taken a tight end, but it's a this is a very nice team. For Let, sure. Let's let's rehash the Daniel Jones card market because we haven't done that enough on this podcast. If we're not talking Daniel Jones, we're we're talking RJ Barrett. But yeah. Daniel Jones card market. I, I'm I'm starting to get a little bit more worried the more I see out of uh, out of Giants camp. The the videos are bad. The sound bites from Jason Garrett are bad. The offensive line is bad, and, and I'm really you're, worried. Cody, you're, you're you're gonna make me cry on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing to me? We have Dallas Cowboys on a roster, and you're I'm, literally, I'm, talking, I'm talking shit on the Giants. This is going against everything that is, that is my my core values as a sports fan and as a fantasy player. <laughs> No, you're, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. It's it's an unmitigated disaster so far. And I had tweeted during the game one against the Jets that it's it's week one of preseason, and um, I'm already beyond fed up with Jason Garrett. And <laughs> every single day that goes by, and I'm grabbing our guy Philip Lindsay here. Um, every it. every single day that goes by uh, is. Yeah, just more negative reports out of camp. I'm not reading too much into the judge thing because by all the beats that I read in Giants podcasts, I listen to the players, you know, the players that are going to play this season still respect that guy and are, and are buying in for him. So that that part doesn't scare me. But Jason Garrett's involvement in every which way does. Yeah, and I think it's I think we're running a peewee offense and compared to modern NFL standards and it and it, it scares the hell out of me. I'll, I'll tell you where I'm at on Daniel Jones from a, a collectibles perspective because I'm tying my brand to a lot of really bad quarterbacks, I think, uh, or, or below average quarterbacks, expecting them to improve based on their situations. When the Giants uh, added Kenny Galladay, I was very excited. They added Kyle Rudolph, was very excited. I knew Saquon was coming back, very excited. I hoped and hoped they would address offensive line in the draft. They did not. Me too. Uh, I am continuously worried about that. I am worried more and more that I hear. I, th I thought maybe at best case scenario, Jason Garrett just stays out of the way. It doesn't seem like he's going to stay out of the way. No. Uh, you know, so so where I'm at right now, I, I had been buying Daniel Jones. I was able to offload a little bit of that position when they signed Kenny Galladay uh, for a nice little profit. Bought back in. If he starts hot for whatever reason, maybe he runs runs good for a little while and I, I'm probably going to offload some of that position again. Yeah, because I am terrified. I get, I get it, man. I get it. Uh, I just hope that you know it's it's early. It's really early. This is my hope as a Giants fan. Yeah, it's early. Um, I actually believe more in the tackles than most people do. At least in Andrew Thomas. You know, the second half of the team season, he was really good. We're on the clock here, and we'll we'll pick this conversation back up. Um, I think we, we should three, take three to receiver. Three to three to Detroit receivers at the top of our board. Which one are you yeah. most in on? Uh, I mean, if we're sticking to the theme, it's St. Brown, right? You know, yeah, it's, you yeah. know, and, and we're, we're way early. Uh, we're, we're way late on ADP for him as well. Uh, I, I think we just stick to the high upside guys. This is the yeah. team we've built. We might as well keep it rolling. We're going for a million dollars here, guys. We're not going to win the league for, for 80 bucks. We're, we're going for it. So, so why not? Upside, a lot of good, a lot of, a lot of good, um, hype out of camp out of Amron, Ra, St. Brown. Am I right? One of those Amonra, famous St. Brown. Yeah. Brown brothers. Everything looks good from the practice reports from St. Brown. By all accounts, he's been a beast in training camp. I love that. I think the combined age of our wide receivers is like 
27? 12. Yeah. <laughs> We're really young, and I love that. No, I yeah, love that. Amari, Amari brings us up, which is nice. That's true. Um, That's yeah. true. It's no, it's 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 a different team actually. Like I've had probably in most of my best ball teams a little bit more balance in this, but that's not necessarily a good thing. I I I might lack the upside on some of the teams that I've drafted where I think this team has plenty of upside, right? Um, you know, if Dak comes back like we think he is, if Najee is a top five back, which is probably what his ceiling is, if AJ Dillon gets more work than expected or something happens to Aaron Jones, and then we've already we don't have to we've talked that nauseum as we've gone on about all of our high upside receivers and Kelsey's the anchor. Um, there's plenty of upside on on a team like this. Yeah, big fan of the way this team started. Um we got we got a oh, little yeah, bit of time going, here. We got a going back to the Giants. We'll go back to the Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah so, you know, that's my my optimistic outlook is the offensive line is just solid enough, and there's just there's a little bit tweaking. Because I don't trust Garrett, but like somebody walked in. I don't know if it's Freddie Kitchens. Not that he's an expert offensive line, <laughs> but somebody stepped in and said, "Hey, here's the things that we need to do." And even if it's just creating your own time, because we know Daniel Jones can't handle any any pressure, but just creating your own time with your legs. We know he's good with his legs. Even if it's just more design plays of rolling out something something to 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 implement into a modern NFL offense uh, i haven't seen it yet we haven't heard any good reports out of camp yet but we have to remind ourselves that it, first preseason game just happened and you know maybe uh maybe if if it gets even more dire than it already is joe judge steps in and and let someone else come in and make some changes to to that offense that's my hope yeah i'm with you um gosh i i, I was just so excited about the kenny galladay signing and it seemed like they were doing things the right way and, and obviously being excited about saquon coming back and uh you know i Looking deeper into the numbers, the stats won't be friendly to Daniel Jones if you look at him from a, a surface-level perspective. The turnovers are obviously bad. The Giants' offense, is, offense was really bad last year. But I think there's some, there were some cases to be made that he was better than the numbers let on. So I was excited. I'm starting to get a little bit less excited, and I'm, I'm now staking my name. If, if you guys aren't following me on Twitter, you, you probably shouldn't because I'm I'm just out there shitposting a lot. But I, I'm now staking my name, my family's legacy, uh, you know, my my family lineage, my ancestors' great name to one Drew Locke. So I got to be really careful about the amount of bad quarterbacks that I, I put my name behind. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as I go all in on Drew Locke, maybe I should take my name out of the Daniel Jones hat. I don't know. So I, I think as from a talent st- standpoint, obviously Daniel Jones needs to cut down on turnovers, but I do think he showed enough his rookie year to, to know he can mm-hmm. make really good throws down downfield. He's a pretty accurate deep ball passer and he's got upside with his legs. Now, everything in between that, there's there's some you know some scary you know stuff in there turnovers mostly included in play calling probably secondary second secondary after that and obviously the offensive line um but you know i still think this is it's make or break year i think this this will have to be you know what we see i i'm not selling any of my daniel jones yet um Mm -hmm. i just i can't get myself to do it i want to see what the product will click on the field even though there's a ton of red flags uh jarwin was just stolen from us unfortunately damn it um we did wait actually right at at his adp right at his adp um that's okay. That's all, all right. right. Um, That's all right. We, we've got a we've got a little skinny stack with Dak. You know, you know, no big deal. I sure. think the hope there is based off of the way these two in Amari and CD are being drafted that we just hope that that Amari is kind of the clear wide receiver one there. Yep. And Dak is good enough and, and is concentrated enough that we we cap capture most of those points there. I'm not too worried about that. Yep. Um, all right. What are your thoughts as here. What are your thoughts as Hunter Henry as a tight end too? Who um, is about 15 picks past his ADP as well, just from a values perspective. I haven't been keeping up too much on camp reports out of New England. I am a little bit worried about the uh, injury concern for him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that we're far enough away from the season that he comes back and I am okay drafting him here at this point. Yep. And with Kelsey as our tight end one, I figure yeah. like we know how much Belichick loves to use the two tight end system. There's no doubt that John is going to be their number one guy of those two, but we've seen what Hunter Henry could do as a fantasy tight end. Well, when he's been healthy before, um, maybe if Mac Jones ends up as that starter, I wouldn't, ex- I would certainly expect as a rookie quarterback for him to really lean on those two guys. So I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Henry be a solid number two tight end on a team that has Travis Kelsey. So we have two picks left. Uh, yep. Coming up here quick before we hit um, seven pick 17 coming up in round 17. Curious. You mentioned we've got Hunter Henry on the team. You mentioned Mac Jones potentially starting. Uh, are we going to fall into the same trap that we did with the Justin Herbert that we're just undervaluing someone like Mac Jones? We seems like the draft community fantasy Twitter. Our, our circle is obviously in on Trey Lance. We're obviously in on Justin Fields. Of course, Trevor Lawrence. Do you think our our industry and do you think the card market is going to make the same mistake on someone like mac jones that could potentially come in for a patriots team and and be the best quarterback in the draft class or or are we properly valuing him i think for now we have to say we're properly valuing him like the i mean it's tough right like that patriots offense it was really bad last year and you know it's it I, i don't know if i believe in the skill position guys enough i don't know I think they're pretty set on giving Cam a, uh, at least a couple week leash here. Yeah. Uh, I just think that, you know, he might be, I do think compared to the rest of his class, he's going to be an interesting buy. You're going to get a nice discount on him for a new England, new England quarterback. But I do think we're on an okay approach for just where the overall mindset is on him right now. I get how good he was in college. We haven't necessarily seen those Alabama quarterbacks take off in the pros. Uh, we're on the clock here. Um, I'm happy to go, go wherever in this case. I like, I like taking the shot on someone like Evans. Um, if, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't always go six running back, but on a team like this where he might be a little weak there, I think that's an interesting um, possibility. You have, a, you have any thoughts there? Yeah, I, th- I think we can go there. I think we'll have enough late round dart throws at receiver the last, we got a, one more pick, right? We have one more pick, yep. Yeah, um, I think getting so eight I, receivers, the, the eight or nine receivers. Yeah, it's going to be two, two, six, two, eight, six two. eight, two. So going only two quarterbacks, two tight end, you you're, you can go six running back, which um, I'm okay with. So here's sure. here's the thing with with Evans because I I love Darrington Evans I know that a lot of people on Twitter are talking up Darrington Evans as uh, kind of that back in case something happens to Derrick Henry I saw a piece recently on um, PFF and it really caught my eye because it was talking about running backs and when they tend to start regressing in their career and it usually happened based off of the research that they had done around year five to seven in the league for running backs and when they hit about 1500 carries so do you want to guess who's coming up on five to seven years in the league and 1500 carries the big dog one one derrick henry big dog so i know that is sacrilegious to do here at etr uh, but if you want to bet on derrick henry regressing in any way i think it could be a, a bet on him potentially not making it through the season potentially him being used slightly less um clearly that's not the most likely outcome but if it were to happen, Darrington Evans would be a huge beneficiary. Getting him in the 17th round, I think, is great. I wanted to talk about Derrick Henry's card market because yeah. he's one of the running backs don't have a whole lot of value. We've talked about wide receiver value uh, quite a bit here today and in, in, on previous shows. Derrick Henry, if you want to buy a Derrick Henry PSA 10 rookie card, just his base rookie card, you're going to have to shell out like 600 bucks. Yeah. Um, wow. It's pretty crazy. Of, yeah, pretty crazy. So I would just say if you're one of the lucky few that's holding on to Derrick Henry raw, um, PSA 9, PSA 10, or maybe you've got some some colored refractors or anything like that, maybe now, if he, especially if he starts the season hot, would be a chance to, to buy before that regression hits, before the injury yep. bug hits, before the, the wheels fall off when he hits 1,500, 1,600 carries this season. So, yep. 
the flip side of that is he's Derrick Henry and he's been one of the most durable running backs of the last four or five years, right? Um, I've gotten buried enough with Derrick Henry and DFS that I'm honestly terrified to like give out the take that, hey, if you're holding Derrick Henry cards, you should sell because he's just going to bury me. The big dog just buries you if you if you fade him. I do think, again, I think the Titans could be a contender this year. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what their upside of their defense really is, but I think their offense is going to be really, really strong. Uh, so, you know, I think you can see both sides, but I think Evans in the second to last pick of to wrap it all back around and the second to last pick of a best ball draft makes a ton of sense as your, your sixth running back for a guy that, and that's kind of what we built, right? We built high upside guys with, uh, with Harris and possibly Dylan. And then with like Murray and Evans as like kind of those true handcuffs that if their number one goes out, they're top 10 running backs every week. Right. So, yeah. Um, that's what we're looking at there. Uh, if our guy Palmer falls to us here is, I think we should, should end the draft with our, with our guy, Josh. Yep. Who just, cool nope. with that. Every single time we bring up a name, they get stolen. It's uh, unbelievable. Someone's listening. Truly. Someone, someone's maybe, in the stream. We're not even technically live. Like we, it's a private, it's a private stream, but I think you're right. I think someone's so CJ Uzuma. I don't think I've ever seen him go. Oh, wow. Cincinnati, Cincinnati tight end. Wow. Interesting. Awesome. Awesome. knows best. Awesome um, knows he he's, he's probably auto. Well, I guess we, we'd be able to tell if he was auto drafting. Right. But he's, uh, he's probably yeah, just probably. robot. Yeah, he has, he's, he's got a queue or something up. Um, uh, any other, I do think we should take a receiver here. Yeah. Any guys as we're two picks away, uh, a bunch of interesting names. You, you've been in those preseason streets, any like Eskridge news you could give me Tyron Johnson, Kadarius, Tony, any of these type of type of dudes. No, Eskridge has been out. Doesn't sound like he's he's practicing even yet. He might even start the season on pup. Uh, mm-hmm. Not in on that. I'm not in on like five nine whatever white Hunter Renfro type receivers. That doesn't <laughs> move the needle for me. Same with Adam Adam Humphreys. Yeah. Um, Olamide Zacchaeus might be what the the wide receiver three in Atlanta. I don't know. Yep. That that might make a little bit of sense. But I don't know. As you go further down that board, there's there's just not a lot yeah. there. I mean, um, you like you like shares of the Chiefs with Robinson, but I think yeah. that. Hardman's probably ahead of him, and I think Byron Pringle. There's been some buzz there too. So, um, you know, I, I'm okay going with the Zacchaeus type. I've taken him in this exact spot in the last round of a couple, and the same thought, right? He's he's uh he's an injury away from being a top two t- uh, wide receiver uh, in that offense, which is, yeah. should be a, a fantasy friendly offense. Let's uh let's take the shot. Let's do it. All right. Why don't you re- why don't you recap it for the people as we draft our last pick in the 18th round? Yeah. What do so we, we got? Took- so yeah, so our, we're projected for 2,800 points, which is kind of right in the middle of the road for a best ball team, which makes okay. sense. As we said, this team is probably one with a lower floor, but definitely a higher ceiling. Um, this is a fun exercise, trying to talk it through. Obviously, things go a little bit fast. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I mean, we can break it down. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more in depth about card guys here. But we went. Uh, I'll, I'll go with our team by position instead of by how we drafted. We 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 ended up with our little Dallas skinny stack with Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper, who was our wide receiver one. Uh, our back, our quarterback two is Ryan Tannehill. We got into good value there. Uh, we're both pretty bullish on that Tennessee offense. Uh, running backs, we got Najee Harris, AJ Dillon, Latavius Murray, Naheem Hines, Philip Lindsay, and Darrington Evans. Wide receivers, we got eight. We got Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, Jerry Judy. Give me one second. I'll tell you the rest. Uh, Mike Williams, Will Fuller, Jalen Rager, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Olamide Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. I don't know how to say his good name enough. properly. I can't. Um, I can't count on you to pronounce preseason names correctly. I can't. I can't hold you to that. That's my. That's my yeah, specialty. Yeah, so sure. Olamide Zacchaeus. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Olamide Zacchaeus, uh, and then Travis Kelsey and Hunter Henry at tight end. Um, so, what what are your thoughts overall? Love it. Love it. I yeah. think if I if I had one, you know, we we got sniped on on Jarwin. Obviously, I it's it's really hard. Sniped to, on a bunch of guys. We did. 
it's really hard to try and track this thing, talk through card markets, uh, you know, also focus on the draft. Uh, I think one mistake, I didn't even pay attention to where Michael Gallup went. I think I would have liked to have yeah, Gallup liked to have as well, if possible. Uh, obviously, Jarwin. And then I, I just had it in my mind that we had Julio on the team because we were sitting there between, I think it was in round three, Julio or Jamar he Chase. He got sniped too. He was and someone he got that got sniped. sniped. We, we had yeah. a ton of guys that got that got sniped. So we have some sharp people in, in the draft for sure. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm, I'm really happy with the team. I think the running back archetype, which is is, is the hot button topic, uh, especially if you're paying attention to fantasy Twitter, just trying to build out the running back room that you want to see on your draft. I think we did that the right way. We obviously anchored with with Najee. We're expecting him to be kind of a beast. And then we've got a couple guys that have a little bit of standalone value, uh, whether it's pass catching or maybe goal line roll or maybe maybe get a couple first and second down carries. And then definitely some guys that have upside if for some reason the, the guy ahead of them goes down. Yep. So very yeah, so excited I, about the way that that shook out. I think the path to this team – winning right would be obviously Dak and Amari being being those Kelsey being Kelsey uh Harris has to has to hit his close to a ceiling which I think is top 10 running back for this year mm-hmm. and then um one of those other guys either Dylan Latavius or, or Darrington unfortunately probably stepping into a bigger role than than we expect I think if that yeah. happens this team has a chance to win win this league for sure and then we need you know again we took a shot on one two three four five of our you know receivers two through six uh as kind of low floor super high ceiling guys so i think of those five we really need three to probably uh reach their potential and then we're, we're sitting uh with a, a pretty pretty competitive team i would say all right before if you can go to the draft board um as i as i bring this name up if you could pull up i wanted to if we There's weren't going to get it if we weren't going to get a dax stack yeah. uh i was really hopeful that we would get a bill stack and so mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about Josh Allen and where we're at with Josh Allen's card market. No, it's funny. We, I thought we might do this. So hey, I have let's this, go. This there is a go. rated rookie Donruss PSA 10. But yeah. um, I uh, I sniped this at like a 1 a.m. auction recently. Oh, those are the for best. Like, for like, I don't remember exactly what the bus was, but I, I looked on Card Ladder real quick under comps and I got this for like $65 under. Hey, let's go. Game, so. I, um, we love sniping the EV here. Well, yeah. I'm going to talk to you about, about 1 a.m. auctions in a second here because yeah, uh, we've got some interesting stuff to touch on. Real quick on Josh Allen, just want to get your thoughts. Finished second in MVP voting behind Rodgers last season. QB1 in fantasy last season. Was fifth in passing yards, eighth in rushing yards, third in rushing touchdowns. They basically got everyone back. Most importantly, mastermind Brian Dable. He's back. Didn't get sniped as a head coach. Is Dak, or is, excuse me, is, is Josh Allen properly valued in the card market? Is he overvalued now? Is he one of those guys like Dak that has to do something pretty astronomical this season? Does he have to be the MVP to really take the next step in his card market? Uh, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts. I, yeah. I wouldn't say he's necessarily a polarizing name, but it's just an interesting name because he did kind of come from the the – Third year leap, the the leap that Josh Allen took was something that we've rarely seen or never seen before. So I'm he curious is, where you're at with Josh Allen. He is such a freaking stud. It says a, a yeah. talent that he's one of the f- few guys. And the reason I was such a buy on Ryan Tannehill before is because now we've seen it for two straight seasons. I like having that really secure sample size. Yeah. But what we saw from Josh Allen last year, um, that that's not a fluke. You know, that's not a no. fluke. It's kind of like. This is a really weird comparison, but it's like what Julius Randle just did for the Knicks, becoming second team All-NBA, he might regress. He might regress, but he's clearly, he took a leap that people weren't expecting late that that point of his career, right? I think Josh Allen did the same thing at even higher level, obviously. He's a top three quarterback in the league now, right? I'm not comparing the two guys. I'm just saying, you know, it's something that even though it's a one-year sample, 
it's not like he was bad in year two. He had taken enough of a leap to for people to be excited about him as a sleeper last year, right? Mm-hmm. And then he 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 just played at an astronomical level that I think his market is pretty fair right now. And all he has to do just to sustain that market is come out and be Josh Allen again. And his his ADP on the underdog is 50. He went pick 50 in this draft. And I am totally cool with that. I'm not somebody actually, and I was I was happy to do it with the DAC in this place because we were trying to get a little Cowboys stack going. But I'm somebody that um He's like pretty much him. And then when Lamar slips a little bit are the two guys that I've been targeting uh, in early to middle rounds at all. And then besides that, I've been pretty much a weight on quarterback guy. But I think Josh Allen coming in two rounds later than Patrick Mahomes is ridiculous value. Honestly, and I, yeah. I, I, as, as you can see, where I'm trying to snipe auctions for Josh Allen, I'm all the way in on Josh Allen from an investment standpoint. I'm in on him as a Super Bowl contender this year. Uh, I'm just in on the on the guy uh, being an all-around excellent quarterback. Yeah, I'm with you. He his his card market had an interesting run after the run that the Bills made last season, uh, getting knocked out in the AFC Championship game. They basically Allen had peaked at around nine hundred, uh, right around a thousand dollars, maybe if you will, in that range. Quickly dropped off after they got bounced around seven hundred dollars, and then spiked in the offseason, early in the offseason, which is not something we generally see. Got all the way up to about fourteen hundred dollars. That also coincided with the peak of of kind of the card market before things cooled off a little bit. So there might just be some natural um, pumping there, if you will. And then it quickly cooled uh, as as the card market cooled a little bit, down to about seven hundred dollars in June. We're we're back up now. We're back up now. So the 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 buy low window, the off season buy low window, as people start to expect football season to come back and, and expect the performance from Josh Allen. We're back up to around nine hundred dollars. So that's a good point too, by the way. Sorry, not to cut you off, but like we are entering this time, and we talked a little bit about this probably a couple episodes ago. Now yeah. the preseason's back, that training camp's back. We are entering the time for sellers. Okay, if you're if you're if you're sitting on a position of a guy that has had a lot of hype coming out of last year, and that hype's starting to ramp up again, and you need to either liquidate or um, you're a little scared of schedule, maybe early season schedule, whatever it is. I'm not, I'm just talking, you know, from a large point of view, you're, you're at a point now in mid to late August where you can start to look to sell again for football for sure. And what a, what a good way to do that without even having to see the player that you invested in, take a snap, uh, yep. or worry about injury or exactly. worry about poor performance. Exactly. You, can, you can profit on literally just the hype of the just guy, hype. you know, you just got in early enough. So, yep. uh, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Good point. All right. You mentioned sniping 1am auctions. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone that's paying attention to the hobby saw the news today that eBay has banned. Is that the right word? eBay's banned PWCC for suspension banned banned until further notice. Yeah, it's, it sounds like they're they're done, right? All right, so e- eBay suspended banned whatever you want to call it PWCC, probably the biggest seller or the biggest seller uh, on eBay for show bidding, and then PWCC responded saying that the the claims are outlandish and, and not back based in fact and things of that nature. Anyway. The hobby doesn't let us sleep. A whole lot of drama that I'm sure is not completely unfolded yet. What are your takeaways initially as we're, what, 12 hours not even removed from the eBay PWCC saga and kind of get people up to speed on that, if you will? Yeah, so just quick background on what PWCC is because we haven't talked a lot about it. Um, they are a trading card marketplace and vault. They're probably one of the biggest third-party um, you know, non-eBay marketplaces uh, on the web. A lot of people have accounts with them. They they send cards there for both storage and for consigning. So they pride themselves on being cheaper than auction houses with, um, you know, as far as high price items with fees and as well as being cheaper on eBay. They also basically, this is my understanding. I have not used PWCC, but part the reason that they're so present on eBay is because they um, 
will, especially when things are in the vault and a seller, a seller says they want to sell that item, they can put it on eBay for a higher price than is listed on PWCC to give it more eyes. And that's kind of part of their business model. Now, they also have auctions clearly for high price items, similar to the way Probstein does, um, that are kind of those auction house type of listings. Now, this is where they supposedly got in trouble, where they have been supposedly, according to eBay and their investigation, they had people shill bidding, which means they were coming in and bidding on these cards that were just to up the price and, and run up the price, which is illegal by eBay's standards and, and rules. So what do you, what do you, I mean, the PWCC responded, said yeah. that it was, it was basically baseless that, that this information was unfounded, their employees are, you know, upstanding citizens and that this wasn't, wasn't the case. Sounds like by the gist of the email, PWCC is, is going to migrate away. They were, they were planning on migrating away from e eBay services because of some competition. Sounds like eBay is more, uh, more of a competitor now than they had been in the past. Are we going to see just PWCC become its own entire marketplace? Are we, are we ever going to see PWCC listings on eBay going forward? Is it too early to tell? Yeah, being that the news today, I mean, that part is too early to tell. I guess PWCC will give it a try, maybe kind of expanding their marketplace out to a bigger audience, making it more similar to eBay as far as kind of everyday auctions are concerned. Uh, you know, I, I tend to believe eBay here. Uh, and as somebody that sells a lot of my own stuff without using consigners, I'm happy if this is the case and they were shell bidding. Like, um, you know, it's hard enough to get your stuff to hit top value as just an everyday guy. And when these these top of the line sellers are kind of cornering the market on, on top tier prices and, and running up their own bids, if that's the case, which I wouldn't be surprised at all to be the case. Um, you know, I'm glad eBay's taking action. It's it's just it's not a cool way to to run up a, to run up a, a sale of a card, you know, doing it yourself. So, I, that's just my personal opinion. I don't know what I don't know what the future looks like for the company. I think they'll be fine. They have a lot of customers. Yeah, I think one of the the initial takeaways that I had seen from just just following the story on Twitter was some people, some naysayers, obviously, are going to say that the you know the whole the whole bubble, uh, the whole card market boom was. Now some of that can be called into question. Some of these prices can be called into question, if you will. Some of the top end prices that have set records, and some of the top end prices that have dropped jaws and raised eyebrows. Uh, people are saying now that was that a result of shill bidding? What do, I mean? What what would your response be to the people that are questioning some of the some of the sales legitimacy dating back the last eighteen months? It's tough. My my guess would be for record setting stuff. If there was somebody willing to pay it, it was going to get there. Sure. For the record setting stuff. I think where you settle more in is, I don't know, we we're just talking about Josh Allen. A Josh Allen card that that's last two sales went for something like $4,500 and then it went for $6,000 or $7,000 out of the blue. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the stuff that that raises an eyebrow for me. And it's also the stuff that that impacts somebody that is probably more in the same range as I am, you know, with, yeah. with buying and selling. So that's where it hits more home to me. Um, I think for the record setting stuff, whether it was going to be at auction at Golden, uh, on a PWCC auction, on a Probstein auction, um, another auction house, private listing, whatever, I think that stuff's going to reach the number that it, the market's killing, you know, whatever, the, you know, the Onus Wagner sale, for example, this week, that was going to go for 6.6 yeah. .6 million, whether it was in the SGC slab, PSA slab three, whether it was at Leland auctions or Golden auctions, you know, that was going to be, I think that, so, so for me, I'm not too concerned about it really impacting that stuff, but it, but you know, four or five figure dollar cards where it really has a big impact on the bottom line. I'm sure. I think it, that's that's probably where it hit hit the most. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. If there if there are bad actors, let's weed them out in whatever ways we need to weed them out, and you know, leave leave the rest of us behind to compete for what's left. You mentioned the Honus Wagner SGC SGC three that sold for about six point six million. 
awesome story. Uh, I yeah. read through the ESPN article on that, and I saw that, and I posted this to Twitter as well, that the the card had sold in 1973 for about $1,100, and the owner of that card sold it uh, in 1976 for about $2,500 and was ecstatic wow. at the time yeah. because he, he had pocketed $1,400 that he then used to open a shoe store. Amazing. Uh, which was just a, a, an incredible story, heartwarming story. Uh, it's cool to see that these these true grail items, true pieces of artwork are continuing to fetch massive, massive dollar amounts. And, and as we always say, anytime a, a record is set in the hobby, it just brings more eyeballs to the hobby. When you see ESPN uh, have this in a feature article, it's, it's, it's always good news for us. I totally agree. And just it's the goat. It's still the goat of sports it's cards. And I'm, and I'm yeah. glad to see it because, you know, we've seen all these record setting cards over the last calendar year. And, you know, one, one in, in solid condition comes up finally, and it blows everything else out of the water. And it's the way it should be. Cause this has been the card that's been setting it all along. You know, it's the, the original baseball card that, that people ever gave a shit about. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see it. Um, should, should we wrap up there and maybe kind of focus on NFTs next week? Because I think there's a lot of NFT news out there. Yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. This this draft is a whole lot of fun. Uh, you've been drafting more than I have. If, if you guys aren't subscribers yet to the preseason package, you've got two weeks left to get subscribed and try and come win some money with Gary and I. It's been a whole lot of fun, but I haven't been in the best ball streets. So I, I leaned on Gary's analysis here. I didn't realize the draft was going to move that fast on us. Uh, it was a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun to do that with you and appreciate you guys hanging out i think this is where we leave it uh we'll be back next week hopefully hopefully we'll have a giveaway ready for you i teased it uh episode 15 that we'll have a giveaway you guys gotta you guys gotta pump those numbers up for us though so if yeah. you would please go subscribe rate review the podcast if you're still hanging out tell us what you want to see we'll try and get it on the docket for you and if we hit a milestone let's let's call it 100 reviews if we hit 100 reviews we will do that giveaway yeah Yep, I like that. So let's we'll we'll go for a hundred reviews, and when we go for one fifty, we'll do a dual giveaway. Cody and I both. And oh, I, I didn't, yes. I, I didn't, I didn't consult Cody here, but I'm let's just go. saying you're gonna have to. We'll both, we'll both give something, uh, and maybe we'll even pick two winners that week. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. I know it's a little bit of a different episode. If you liked it, let us know. If you didn't like it, let us know. I know it did go a little bit fast. I mean, I think the draft took like fifty minutes, but you know the picks moved so quickly that it's hard to digest. But I think we did a good job talking some football stuff, and I think there's a lot of crossover with fantasy fans out there. So uh, hopefully, you had some fun with us because I know we did. Yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll figure out what we're going to do uh, as we get off air here, but definitely want to touch on the Brady and Gretzky NFTs that were dropped on DraftKings. So if you guys were hoping to come here for that, we'll have that next week. Yep. Video games are going nuts. Shout out to us. Shout out to us for being early by like two yes. weeks on video games. Totally. Uh, really excited about that on fractional platforms. So we'll have some video game discussion, although we are not experts in that uh, in that industry. So yep. check us out. We'll be back next week for Gary. I'm Cody. See you later. Take care.